Welcome to the Action Podcast. Here's your host, my dad. Well, welcome back to the XM Podcast. Um, so this is going to be our last episode of season two, and we're so excited to um, wrap this up in the way that we're going to do it. And um, I gave you a little bit of a sneak peek of our new intro. Uh, I many of you don't know this, but my, my wife is actually the, the, the voice of uh, season two's um, intro, and now my daughter is obviously on uh, season three. So I'm really, um, I'm excited to have this conversation and my guest on the podcast for the last episode of season two of the XM podcast is my wife. And so we are actually here in person and uh, we're not doing Zoom because we live in the same home and I'm super excited to have a conversation. We're going to kind of share a little bit about our story. So say hello. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm Amy. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks for having me. Amy Marie Kinabi. I almost said your maiden name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are actually uh, legally married, so that's good. So what we wanted to do is have a little bit of a conversation around our journey. Um, we'll talk a little bit maybe about how we met okay. when we were kids, and then um, our journey kind of back together. And then over the last, um, gosh almost seven years, we've been going through um, a lot as a married couple, and I won't get too much into it now, but um, why don't you share a little bit about how we met? So we met in high school. I was 15, and you were 16, 16. and um, will you tell the story better than I do? <laughs> Because it's embarrassing for you and not for me. Yeah. Well, we've shared our story quite a bit. Yeah. I, I was in a um, a group called CATS, which uh, stood for Concerned About Teen Sexuality. Um, super cool group that went from <laughs> high school to high school. And I sang songs uh, about abstinence. And uh, I'll never forget the morning I was at Talmadge High School and we were at a health class. And my buddy uh, Josh and I were about to uh, start singing our songs. And uh, lo and behold, this beautiful redhead comes walking into the health classroom and I began to get real nervous about (laughs) singing these silly songs and um, both of you and I were really involved in an organization called Young Life Life. and it just so happened that I was playing guitar that night at your health teachers of all people (laughs) his house yes and And, I was visiting and you came to visit and um, that evening it just so worked out that I saw you that afternoon but that evening you were at Young Life, and I asked you out. You did, and I was um, not allowed to date because I came from a very strict home, but I was embarrassed to tell you that, so I said yes, and we went on our first date. And I came to pick you up. Like a gentleman, and came to the door with flowers, and I lied to my parents and told them that I was going out with one of my friends, Mm -hmm. so I ran to the car and... Didn't let you meet my family, and <laughs> like, we left. Get in the car, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. And I'm like, oh, I have all these flowers. And I those. would kill my daughter if she did what we did. And we left for the whole night, and we went to a baseball game in Swenson's. And then I came home, and I got grounded for like a whole month. Yeah. So. And then we actually started dating after start that. Dating once they met you. And we dated till I was almost 21. Mm-hmm. Five years. About five years. And then um, a lot of people know that story that I I ended up moving into the music industry and 
that was really kind of my focus and uh, had moved me to Nashville. Eventually you had moved to Nashville. Moved to Nashville too, yeah. And then we broke up like a month after I moved there. <laughs> Perfect timing. After <laughs> but, doing like two years of a long distance right. relationship. But I loved it there, so I stayed for like seven years. Mm-hmm. And throughout there, that time, um, we our paths crossed a little bit. Um, tiny, tiny bit. But it wasn't till, oh my gosh, was it like 15 years later? Yeah, I was like 30. Well, I won't give my age away. <laughs> we were in our 30s. <laughs> so we were in our 30s and uh, I had moved back to Ohio. You had already moved back to Ohio years before and um, our paths crossed. And um, You found me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> And we started dating again, and um, long story short, we ended up getting married not terribly not long. Not terribly long after that. After that. I mean, if God was going to bring us to back together after that, we probably shouldn't have waited that long anyway to get yeah. married. So so then we get married, and, and this is kind of where I think um, it's interesting to share our story. And my hope is, through this podcast, that I know a lot of people have struggled with uh, infertility, uh, with mm-hmm. miscarriage. And um, I know as our story had unfolded, there was a lot of people that kind of came out uh, of the woodwork that we didn't even know that struggled, but really kind of spoke a lot of encouragement and hope into our lives um, going through that. And and now that we're on the other side of that, um, feel like it's important to share that story because I think a lot of people do struggle in that area. So. When you and I got married, um, it wasn't long before we realized that there was there was going to be some issues around and us. It's when funny we have because kids. I feel like when we first got married, I felt like a ton of pressure to start trying because we were older, not young, <laughs> <laughs> mid thirties, and I think it. I think I was more on board with her like starting sooner because I knew I wanted a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe I just had an inkling or maybe it was God speaking to me that it wasn't going to be easy, but I just had a feeling. And so we yeah, started I, I didn't, had I known what I know now, I think I would have been a little bit more assertive. Well, and, right. But I was just like, oh, it's going to happen when it, right. I, I can't, I remember saying that. It's like, it'll happen when it happens. But looking back now, that, that was, never happened. that's not the case. Right. And so um, I think we found out pretty quickly as we um, started that process that we were going to have to do more. Well, we weren't getting pregnant. We weren't getting pregnant. And so, so I went to the doctor yeah. and they diagnosed me with like a heart-shaped uterus, which is not what I ended up having Right. and put me on fertility meds. Which was not the good call. And to I do. got pregnant. Right. And then I got pregnant and we started meeting with my fertility doctor and she diagnosed me with a by cornet uterus which is like a septum in my uterus but i was pregnant when she diagnosed me yeah so she pretty much said well we'll try we'll see what, we'll see what happens but there's a pretty good chance this is not gonna survive so we went to where are those cat hawking hills yeah the worst trip of my life and we went to hawking hills with your entire family mm-hmm. and um had a cabin had a wonderful time mm-hmm. and a really great couple days. It was, I think, the last evening that we were going to be there, and we all just got kind of ready to start watching a movie. We were, do you remember what we were watching? 
I I blacked Uncle out. Buck. <laughs> Uncle Buck. <laughs> I do love that movie. And I just remember you dashing to the bathroom. I just had a weird feeling that night. Yeah. And there was um from my recollection horrific horrific scream and your sister bolted mm-hmm. into the room and it was bad. It was just a bad um situation. You were bleeding horrifically. Yeah. And we were in a cabin. In the middle of nowhere. With no cell service. And we could not find where the hospital was. So what we ended up doing is we got everybody who needed to go into the car. And your dad drove to the highest part of the mountains so we could get. We called the police. Yeah. To try to get like them to give us directions to the nearest hospital. Yeah. And we ended up finding um, a very, very small hospital that was not equipped. They didn't even have an ultrasound machine. Right. They were not ready for us. And this was pretty late, you know. Yeah. Um, But I remember them taking you in. And really, they weren't really able to do much of anything Mm -hmm. other than kind of keep you stabilized. I remember walking out in the parking lot and just really in fear, like wrestling with God about this. And um, I remember seeing your dad out in the parking lot and he was a mess. It was just really scary, but they were still like in our back of our minds. Well, might... I hadn't lost the baby yet right. at that point. And we ended up, I think you and I drove straight to our fertility doctor mm-hmm. the next morning. I think they opened at like 7.30 or 8. Mm-hmm. So we left at like 4 in the morning, headed towards there. And we got there, um, they got you right in, mm-hmm. did an ultrasound, and it was a it was a new guy, or maybe... It was a, not my normal doctor. Yeah, but wasn't there a, like a, a guy training? I don't remember. There were two remember. guys, one was I think was training, and he was doing the ultrasound, and he goes, oh, there's the baby. And I was like, I started, I was like, oh, we're okay. And then the other doctor goes, but it's not, not okay. it's not okay. There was a huge blood clot in yeah. my uterus. So we ended up going through a miscarriage, and then um, you ended up having to do a DNC. Mm-hmm. And isn't that when they found? They knew about. I think they knew about the septum. Well, it, during this time, you can share that what the problem actually was. Yeah. So I had. Uh, it's called bicornate uterus. It's um, it's like a piece of cartilage in your uterus, and it was it would never allow me to fully carry to term a baby. So, long story short, they had to go in and remove that, remove a bunch of other stuff, fibroids and endometriosis that they found, um, and kind of prep my body to carry a baby. Um, But I have really horrifyingly bad eggs, too, which we found out through all the um, this, too. So, now not only do I have, you know, this messed up uterus, but I have old lady, older lady than I am (laughs) eggs. So, so at that point, our option really was to start looking at IVF. IVF. And that's when we started that journey, which yeah. was crazy. a whole different... Which a lot of people have been ...have through. done. And uh, we had an amazing doctor, and we went through the beginning stages of IVF. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the typical number is, but I know it's more than what we were able to do. But we ended up... We only getting five, five and then two two five embryos two didn't survive so we had three viable embryos from yeah and so um when we did 
the first round we did one right. and that did not they take. implanted one did not take and then we implanted the two right and we got lennon and so when we implanted the two um one ended up taking and you know <laughs> at this point it was i think you and i both were exhausted it was a, a very very long process to get that final embryo to take um we weren't getting a lot of good news i mean every time i mean you were going to the doctor at least every other day in the beginning yeah and a lot of it was not very encouraging and so we just got used to this well what's going to be the the obstacle today or what's going to be the bad news today it was really hard and then once my pregnancy started Going through, you know, we found out all these other things started happening. Um, 20 weeks in, we found out that she had a heart condition. Right. Um, they did a fetal echo because I was IVF and found that. So. And the heart condition was she had a she hole. She has a VSD. Yeah. And in between the two chambers, which they could see immediately. Which she still has and has to get checked every six months. Yeah. So then <clears throat> just to compound things and to make things even more interesting it was um you were about almost eight months pregnant mm-hmm. at the end of your seven months and it was thanksgiving morning and i'll never forget well i probably forget a lot of it but i'll never forget the first feeling thanksgiving morning i woke up you weren't in bed because oh, i felt horrible and i woke up and i could not seem to get my legs to work and i immediately knew something was wrong and could not uh, could not even imagine what it was at the moment but i i was able to kind of get my composure but i was not operating well but i wanted to find you and i can't remember exactly i think you were downstairs mm-hmm. and i think i got you and you were like i'm not well i went downstairs early in the morning cuz i was not feeling well and i knew something was wrong yeah and so i got you downstairs I got to you, and then I think I got you back upstairs. Yeah, and then I passed out. And you passed out, and then I got downstairs. Essentially, I was trying to think of the 911. You couldn't. And I couldn't think of what what those numbers were. Fortunately, I had my phone, and I could see my dad's picture that I must have called him recently. I called my dad, um, told him something was not, not good. Um, he got over there. He called 911. I had passed out on the floor. He came in, got both of us up and then out, and we realized we had a carbon monoxide issue in our house. And um, you were just about eight months pregnant. Um, They put us both in uh, different ambulances, took us to uh, the hospital, and I ended up on one side of the hospital. You ended up on the other. And all of these decisions are being made. They went to life flight you at one point to Pittsburgh yeah. because they, they didn't have the, uh, the, the hyperbaric chamber or whatever right. that they wanted to put me in. So it was just a, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, you know, everything was going wrong. Everything in my body was like, this child is not going to be born. And, and it, it really developed a, um, irrational fear that developed in my mind. And, um, certainly when, when January came around and we were so, so blessed and fortunate that, um, our little daughter ended up being born and being fine for the most part, the first 24 hours was crazy. I mean, she was, uh, 
I had jaundice and, yeah. you know, it was the moment we left the, the hospital, we had to take her right to a heart cardiologist, cardiologist and stuff. For all she intents and purposes, she was good. And we were, we were really, really blessed that, that she was made it. And um, I, I don't know that I've really ever talked about this. I really developed, like I was saying before, a fear that this um, little girl somehow, like, I don't know, like was just not supposed to make it. And I just had that thought in my head. And during that time, I was getting uh, my final training in EMDR. And when we were uh, getting trained in EMDR, then you have to practice it. And I remember really working through a lot of the the trauma that you and I had went through, um, through the pregnancy, mm-hmm. then the miscarriage. And um, it was really, really helpful for me. And I remember God giving me an image of our daughter, um, in my mind, she was probably seven or eight running through a field. And it really relieved me that it's like, you know what, I got her, she's going to make it. And, um, and that was huge for me. So uh, our daughter was born. And I think at that point, you and I kind of were thinking, we're just going to kind of go with this for a little bit. But it wasn't terribly long after that we were able to start trying again. Well, then what happened? Then nothing. Well, then I just I kind of kept getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And not either not well not just not 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 happening not happening. So before COVID, I think did we get pregnant once before the pandemic, and then yeah. twice during during the pandemic, and and none of those seemed to work. And at that time, we were still doing we weren't doing IVF, but we, we were, were doing, doing fertility meds. So. We're doing the fertility meds and inseminations. I mean, it just kept. It was it was such a a long process. So we, we were on that process for the last four years. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was last, January. almost this time last year that you and I were talking yeah. about, you know what? I think we're done. You said we're done. I <laughs> did not say we were done. I was done with, you with were done. The, I was not. the hormones. You, you told me it was my last month. And for some reason, my cycle got screwy. And we had to skip December last year because they missed my ovulation. Mm-hmm. And you and your mind were still done. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that didn't count. We don't get to be done because we didn't do it. Like we didn't get to inseminate me. So you, we did January. Yeah. And it did not and it did take. not take. And I think at that point, maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, I were, was done. you were done. I didn't know I was done until like a couple months later, but I, I was done. It was like, I had lived half of our marriage on fertility drugs and it was too much. It was too much. It was, it was, yeah. it was too much. Physically, and I, emotionally, mentally, financially, financially, all of those it things. It was all too much. And I, I remember probably being, um, a, a little bit too ahead of the game. I had brought up the idea of like, let's start thinking about adoption. And yeah. I think you kind of were like, look, I need a minute. Well, at first I reached out to a friend of ours Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I'm so um, impulsive. I'm the most impulsive person probably ever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll never forget. And I don't, I probably, I'm not allowed to say names. Probably not. You can say names. There yeah. was a, uh, the church that we go to, they do redemption stories. And the day that I was supposed to meet with one of our pastor's wives to talk about adoption, someone from our church did a redemption story on fertility. And it like broke me. Like it was just, I couldn't like, it was, I don't know why it just was. And like, I started thinking like this friend of mine now, um, her redemption story was that she had a horrifyingly 
terrible struggle with fertility as well. And, and they ended up like surprisingly getting pregnant and that's kind of was their redemption. And I think it hit me that like my redemption story was going to be that I was going to have to be okay with not getting pregnant. Because, yeah. like, I just knew that I wasn't going to. And my eggs are old. I'm old now. I'm not even almost, I'm not even in my 30s anymore. And so it was like, I think I had to, like, succumb to the fact that, like, this is just going to be my story. And yeah. it's just me and you and Lennon. Yeah. And I was, I was not, I mean, I was okay with that. But it was just, like, a really hard realization to come to. Yeah. But the funny thing is, and I think this is important to share, through all of this, you kept saying God was telling you our family wasn't incomplete. done. Yeah. Our family's incomplete. And I was like, you're nuts. Like, this is... this is. Then I thought maybe I just needed a dog. <laughs> so at the beginning of COVID, I tried to get you to let me get a dog, and you wouldn't. Right. So uh, a year ago at this time, you know, in January uh, of last year, we decided to stop the fertility process. We, we talked about looking into start talking about adoption, but I think you and I both decided that we were going to give it some time and maybe revisit that in September. And you needed some time to mourn the Just whole process. process, the the infertility, the miscarriages, the the just what your body went through, which is beyond me that you were able to do. And so you took, um, I don't know, it was several months, maybe it was June of last year. I remember you coming to me and kind of going, you know what, I think I'm okay. No, I remember coming to you and saying, I think I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like (laughs) Like not just okay, but like, I think this is good. Like mm -hmm. Lennon's an amazing kid. We're so blessed with her. She's so great. She's doing really well considering her health conditions we're doing great. We're kind of at this place where just everything's great. Like, yeah, there's no no need to throw any wrenches in that. And it's like, I'm happy. I don't need I don't need that fulfillment. I'm good. Right. Which was a huge thing to come by thing to me. come to, and and I think also a huge stressor that we finally released out of our marriage. Sure. And then um, it wasn't long after that, um, sometime in August, I remember you coming to me saying. Food doesn't taste right. I don't well, feel well. We had a birthday party here for one of my best friends. Right. And it was kind of one of those, it's COVID now. Should we be doing this? And then like three days later, I was like, uh-oh, I don't feel good. I think I got COVID. <laughs> I can't, I don't feel right. Something's not right. So we got nervous because we, we were very, very careful throughout uh, the pandemic and, and continued because of our daughter. But then we thought you had COVID mm-hmm. and it turned out you didn't have COVID. Nope. And you ended up going to get a um, home pregnancy test and took it and threw it in our daughter's backpack, backpack and, and left it. looking at it because I knew I was not pregnant. Right. And uh, I'll never forget that day um, I was working from home doing telehealth with clients. And uh, when I do that, I have an office in the basement. And I came walking up the steps and I opened the door and I could see you had your phone out like you were filming me. And then I looked at our daughter who's standing there with a funny look on her face <laughs> and almost doing like a pirouette with this shirt that she was showing me that it said big sister. big sister on it. And then I looked back at you and then I looked at her and I did not get it at first. And I think Lennon said, Daddy, I'm, I'm going to be a big sister. And then I immediately looked at you and thought, you are a crazy person. What are you doing to our child? And I think you started to get emotional and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Are we pregnant? Yeah. And so you didn't have COVID. Nope. You were pregnant. I'm pregnant. Which 
uh, I remember calling uh, my parents and we were like, we have a surprise. You need to guess. <laughs> and after about 10 different things, finally we're like, all right, look, we're, we're pregnant. And my mom said, I would have guessed 10,000 other things. Right. Never that. <laughs> Well, I was with my mom when I took the test, um, and I took it, and then I forgot about it, and I put it in Lennon's backpack, and then when I went to get her lunch or something out of her backpack, I saw it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this, and then I looked at it, and it said pregnant, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I handed it to my mom, and she was like, whose is that? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not Lennon's, so, and it, she's like, well, it, it was the, just crazy. The amazing thing, too, is when I finally saw that, how many pregnancy tests do you think we I have no- taken? Hundreds, thousands. thousands, and never have we seen one <laughs> so, positive. so positive. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. And so it's just interesting how God works. You know, I think we were trying to really control the process for a long time, mm-hmm. and we certainly were blessed with our with our daughter. Um, but never in a million years thought we would get pregnant on our own. And as soon as we let go, and, and I know, I think I shared this with our community group, and like you know, part of my testimony is like, I think my biggest struggle with God was always was wasn't until I started going through fertility. I feel like having a baby is the one thing you should be able to, to do, because mm-hmm. it's, th- it's one of the most natural. important things that you do in the whole entire world. And not just anybody, you know, you should be able to make that decision. And, you know, here we are, like, we have a home that would be ready for, you know, like, we have the things that would, um, and we couldn't do it. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I, I struggled with that with God so hard because I think I would, you know, be a good mom or all the things that like whatever. And then I don't get to be one and I don't get to make that choice on my own. Yeah. And that didn't seem fair to me. So when we had our, our first daughter um, over Thanksgiving, we had a horrible scare of carbon monoxide. Well, this past Thanksgiving, we were all exposed <laughs> to COVID and you, one of my clients was like, "You're just not meant to be pregnant." You have <laughs> especially the around Thanksgiving. You're pregnant. So you and Lennon got we COVID, got COVID. Uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. and you're doing good now. But yeah. it, it certainly was scary being um, having you being pregnant and uh, Lennon with her heart, and she's had some lung stuff too. With every time she gets sick, yeah, she's like a lot of RSV-ish. So that was uh, a, a thing that we were. Uh, navigating this year, but and here we are. It's Christmas. Um, we've got five months, four more months, f- four more months to go, and um, we are just super blessed. And yeah. it's kind of crazy. I still just don't believe I'm pregnant, even though I can feel her now, <laughs> and I can definitely see it now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's overwhelming, and. So we share that, and you know, we've had a lot of opportunity to spend with other couples who have um, navigated infertility and miscarriages, and or currently are going through that. And I just know, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, that when you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you're on an island, you're it's not. so much harder to go through. And we wanted to end this uh, season of the XM podcast with just a really encouraging, hopeful. Um, uh, message. And to be honest with you, for us, this whole process has been a miracle. Mm-hmm. And the the moment that we had our first daughter, um, everybody around us just recognized that God really did a miracle and mm-hmm. allowing that child to be born and, and for her to be healthy and, and for her to grow up the way she's growing. And then all of a sudden, we we have been blessed to see God's miracle twice. Yeah. 
through this process. And we still have four months to go and, and on a little level, we white knuckle it. Um, but, but we're feeling I feel good about really good about yeah. it. Anything else you want to share? No, I don't think so. You did awesome. See, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. I, I, I really coaxed her into doing this because I, <laughs> I feel like this is a, a good way for us to, to, um, kind of bring in, uh, season three and, um, and kind of share this story and, I've gotten a lot of uh, emails and stuff on the XM podcast of, of people being interested in hearing our stories. So here you go. Well, sweetheart, thank you very much for being on the, the podcast. And uh, I love you. I love you too. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, I would um, really like to thank my wife for doing that. I know that was very difficult for her. And we've been talking about it for over the last couple of weeks about doing this and um, I know that uh, caused her a little bit of anxiety but I, I appreciate her being able to do that and um, you know this story that, that she and I shared um, is real and it's something that we went through and we struggled and we were hurt and we were uh, our marriage was tested um, many times over and, and oftentimes we were really questioning kind of what's God what's God doing here and our story is certainly not over, but we look back and we can kind of see um, from a much better perspective now of how God was moving, even in moments where we felt like maybe he, he wasn't hearing us or, or, or knowing what we needed at the time. And uh, I think a lot of times that's um, why our story is so important, because it's the adversities of life. It's the difficulties that really shape who we become. And this was a part of our journey that I don't think either of us really saw coming. I'm thankful for it. Um, God certainly has blessed us uh, through this process. And, but that doesn't mean it wasn't, it wasn't hard, it wasn't difficult, and um, we certainly experienced a lot of loss. So I hope you um, got something from, from this episode, and, and we just thank you for an amazing um, season two and can't believe we just wrapped up uh, the second season of the Experience Emerge podcast and we're really looking forward to what's to come in 2022 and season three. Well, until next time, when our Savior comes, God bless.